NFL, college football, fantasy football, and professional wrestling. This is Spinebuster Sports. Welcome to Spinebuster Sports Presents. What's up, everybody? The cake here with you today. I know things are a little different. I'm missing a couple guys. But we're going to be moving on, doing different things with the show from here on out. Every week, we will be here discussing NFL action. Every week, I will be doing some updates on professional wrestling throughout the week from here on out. And you never know, might throw in some bonus episodes. I might talk to some people that you haven't met yet, but we will still be back every single week right here on Spinebuster Sports Presents. This week, we're going to discuss a little pro wrestling action. We got a couple big cards coming this weekend. We got the Clash at the Castle for WWE and AEW's All Out 2022. Two big, as WWE would put it, premium live events for this weekend. We're going to talk the matches. We're going to get caught up with a Detroit Tigers Minute. We'll be finishing that out for this month for some comic relief. And then we will dive deep into the AFC this week for our AFC season preview. We'll break down division by division. We will go over our playoff teams for the AFC. I'll give you my AFC championship pick, who's going to the Super Bowl, and then we'll have a couple bold predictions. So, starting it out this week, we're going to talk some WWE. They've got uh, the Clash at the Castle coming this weekend. It's going to be held in Cardiff, Wales at Principality Stadium. Uh, It's been since SummerSlam 92, since WWE has hosted a major stadium show in the UK. Uh, It it should be a pretty decent event. It's being headlined by Roman Reigns, the WWE Universal Champion, will be taking on Drew McIntyre. Uh, I've seen a lot of reports so far that a lot of people think that Roman Reigns will be dropping one, if not both of his championships to Drew McIntyre this weekend. I've we've heard reports that USA wants their own champion on raw. And for that to happen, Roman Reigns is going to have to get one of those belts away at some point in time, but it's hard for me to see a situation where Roman loses this match simply because he is the hottest thing going in WWE today. He's starting to cool off, but I think that's because all the big triple H news with him Uh, taking over for Vince, coming in, bringing back a lot of big names uh, so far. He's brought back Karrion Cross, brought back Dexter Loomis, Bailey's come back. Johnny Gargano came back last week on Raw. We're going to see a lot of people coming back more and more. And from the reports I hear, they're going to be big names. I've heard reports that Bray Wyatt should be coming back soon, and I love uh, that news you know he was underutilized when he was with WWE before he's kind of been quiet since he was let go 
And I can't wait to see what they do with that character when they when he eventually comes back. But as it comes for this match, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, I'm going to take Roman Reigns just because, like I said, he is the hottest thing going in WWE right now. He's carried that championship well. Uh, the bloodline is a hell of a stable. They just added Sami Zayn in, into it, which I think is a future uh, changing or turning Sami Zayn face in the future you know he has gotten over so so great as a heel with the work he did with johnny knoxville at wrestlemania uh the work he's been doing how he keeps saying he's gonna win the number one contendership and then not uh face roman reigns and they added him to the bloodline but i think this is just to further um, eventually just push Sami Zayn into a face role. He'll take on Reigns and then we'll just have face Sami Zayn. Like we could eventually, you know, finally see Zayn dominate in WWE. You know, he's been the Intercontinental Champion. He's been a great, great heel on SmackDown, but I'd like to see more from him um, like we saw in NXT when he first came in and hopefully we'll be seeing that soon. The next match, which hasn't been a whole lot of buildup for it outside of when they did the injury angle, is the SmackDown Women's Championship. It's Liv Morgan taking on Shayna Baszler. Baszler won a gauntlet match on SmackDown to earn this championship match. Morgan's been uh, nursing an arm injury for weeks now. They haven't really done a ton of buildup for this. And I just kind of see it as one this if Liv Morgan's arm injury is serious enough, they could cancel this match without really talking about it. But if this match goes through, I see Liv Morgan beating Shayna Baszler and retaining the SmackDown's women cha women's championship. I just, Shayna Baszler's one of those opponents that I see is just like building Liv Morgan. They're going to build her to be a serious champion and she's going to need defenses and uh, she's going to need to win defenses to do that. So I see if this match goes through, Morgan will take down Baszler and probably a great match. Shayna Baszler will probably dominate most of this match and it'll be like a surprise or maybe they do like a mashup Baszler attacking her after the match to set up another match down the road. We could end up getting seriously like, probably three matches out of this feud. And I think it'll just do a good, uh, it's a good way to build Liv Morgan up into the champion. They want her to be for SmackDown. Uh, the next match, we got two hometown boys. They're uh, both from Europe. It's going to be Gunther uh, defending the intercontinental championship versus Sheamus. You know, Sheamus has been a big WWE staple for years now. He's held the world championship many times. He's always kind of that, uh, when they don't have anyone else, they put the belt on Sheamus because he can always be taken seriously as a champion. But now we have uh, this huge man, this huge behemoth Gunther coming in, giving chops that are just so vicious that makes uh, Sheamus's uh, chest clubs look like nothing. And I've uh, been paying attention to Gunther since he was in NXT UK when he was Walter and came in and won the NXT UK championship. And the man can wrestle. He puts on a clinic out there. This is going to be a very, very entertaining match. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, Gunther will be winning this match. He, um, I, I do see it being, like I said, a very great match. Sheamus will get his. Sheamus will look great in this. But it's a way to get all this 
European talent involved. You know, Seamus has Ridge Holland and Butch on his side. Gunther has uh, Ludwig Kaiser on his side. All NXT uh, UK talent or European talent that uh, WWE has cultivated themselves. And it's just a nice, it'll be a nice hometown, kind of hometown pop for these guys being in the UK. And um, just a really solid match that I'm very much looking forward to. And then we're looking at the return of Bailey. We'll have Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky taking on Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. Um, Bianca Belair, the WWE uh, Raw Women's Champion. Um, it, by the time. You guys hear this, Bailey or Dakota Kai and EO Sky should be the WWE women's tag team champions. And this has kind of been being set up ever since Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky showed up at SummerSlam uh, and interrupted the match with or the end of the match with Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting seeing Bailey back in the ring. We haven't seen her in, I believe, over a year actually wrestle. But I'm going to have to give this one to Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. Like, this is just going to, the getting the win here is going to mean so much more for them and furthering storylines in the future because we will probably see a Bailey, Bianca Belair feud. We could see Alexa Bliss and Asuka taking on Dakota Kai and EO Sky for the Women's Tag Team Championships soon. And so that's what I got. Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Eo Sky coming on on top of this match. And then the final match we have announced so far for the card, as I'm recording right now, is Seth Rollins versus Riddle. This match was supposed to take place back at SummerSlam, but was canceled for a storyline injury with Riddle. I believe they... I believe they're waiting for Randy Orton to get healthy, so we may very well see Randy Orton interfere in this match. If that happens, I believe Seth Rollins will go over... Uh, I believe Randy Orton will come back, probably RKO Riddle, set up a storyline going for them in the future. If that doesn't happen, I'm going to see, I'm going to go with Riddle going over and furthering this feud along. And eventually, like I said, we will see the Randy Orton return and more than likely turning on Riddle. WWE has strapped a rocket to Riddle's back. They really want to see him succeed. He's in great shape. He's an ex-MMA fighter. There's just nothing about him, his personality. There's nothing about him that doesn't work for WWE. And I think going forward, we're going to see a guy like him uh, kind of getting pushed up there. Uh, and maybe when we come to Royal Rumble time, you'll hear a lot of smatterings about maybe Riddle's chances of winning the Royal Rumble. But also, in addition to... The Clash at the Castle. AEW's putting on their pay-per-view this weekend. All Out is become one of the bigger AEW pay-per-views. It's always held Labor Day weekend on Sunday. I believe it is in Chicago. It is. And it's their second biggest show. Like eight, uh, All In was the first. It was before AEW was started. It was Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega starting their own promotion, proving that they could do this themselves. And AEW was born from that. So this, I believe, is the third or maybe fourth All Out. But going into this, we've had some. AEW has been putting on great TV. I think you're starting to see Tony Khan feel the pressure that uh, since Triple H has taken over over in WWE because you see storylines kind of getting pushed a little quicker. 
you're seeing um, guys making returns. You're seeing championships uh, change hands, and I just starting to feel that Tony Khan starting to feel that pressure from Triple H putting on him. But we do have some great matches. Uh, we've got Jungle Boy taking on Christian Cage. This is a match to just kind of keep Jungle Boy going as a face. Uh, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus turned on Jungle Boy not that long ago. They lost the tag team championships. And now it's Jungle Boy's FaceTime. Like he's a he's a small guy. It's uh, Jungle Boy is actually Luke Perry from Beverly Hills 90210. It's his son. And it's one of these uh, homegrown talents from AEW. Not many people knew about him when AEW started. They've slowly brought him in, had him with the tag team with Luchasaurus, get him going, get some momentum behind him, break him up. And now we've got the consummate heel Christian Cage going after after Jungle Boy, and this should be a great match. Uh, Jungle Boy is going to be in good hands with the veteran Christian Cage, and I think uh, Jungle Boy will be going over in this match just to continue that face run, get him to Luchasaurus, and have that feud start running its course. Uh, we're going to have the Casino Ladder match. Now, I don't have any uh, participants for the Casino Ladder match yet. We always know that there's some surprises. Could we see MJF show back up and win another Casino Ladder match? Maybe, perhaps. Uh, could we see some other big surprises? You know, there's a lot of uh, people out there that uh, haven't signed with either or yet. And, you know, with AEW now taking over Ring of Honor, we're going to see a lot more bigger names coming or a lot more names coming through people that we haven't been used to seeing, you know, and maybe people that some, a lot of you, people, a lot of the people listening don't know because they're in lower promotions. They're coming up through the independents and it could be interesting in this casino ladder match, but expect somebody huge, expect a surprise. I'm not sure if it will be MJF or not. I think M, if MJF comes back, it's going to be on a bigger scale, but uh, expect some big surprises in that. Uh, we also have Lionheart Chris Jericho will be taking on the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. This uh, match I'm looking forward to just because it's the battle of two eras. Brian Danielson's been toting around for about the last 10 years or so how he's the best professional wrestler in the world, Bell to Bell, and it's hard to disagree with him. But you also look at uh, Chris Jericho, a guy who's been doing it since the mid-90s. Um, he's on a different level than everybody else now. Like, he... He performs his own uh, entrance music, which the entire crowd will sing it for him and carry him out there with. He's reinvented himself time and time again. And as you uh, listened last season to The Feast, we ranked him in the top three, I believe, of greatest pro wrestlers of all times just because of the work he's done with AEW. You know, he, for the first year, had AEW on his back as their champion. And couldn't have done a better job. He carried this company and he's done a great job with it, but it's hard for me to say, see Brian Danielson losing. Like it really, this should be a match where, with Chris Jericho kind of helping Brian Danielson out. Not that Brian Danielson needs it, but uh, it's a great, it's going to be a great wrestling match. It's going to uh, probably be one of the best matches on the card. And, it should be interesting. I'm going to take uh, Brian Danielson in that one. Um, and then the last match we're going to cover for AEW All Out is going to be the AEW World Championship match. Uh, John Moxley the won the championship fair and square from CM Punk uh, last week on Dynamite. And 
as far as we knew, he was going to be defending against Punk at All Out, but things have changed. Um, and we're thinking that with Punk's foot injury that he got at Dynamite, that maybe he may not be able to go in this match. If he does go, I think, um, and can go after this match, or uh, I think Punk will win. If Punk can't go, we'll get some sort of replacement. Could it be Adam Page? Could it be Kenny Omega? Will it be MJF? Like I was talking about earlier, I think this would be a great chance to bring MJF back, have him challenge, win the AEW World Championship. Like That belt deserves to be on MJF. He is the greatest heel in professional wrestling today. Nobody does a better job of talking and getting people to hate them than MJF. And he doesn't have to do it cheaply. He doesn't do it by, you know, cutting down people's sexuality or talking badly to women. He does it just by being, uh, you know, just a dick. Like, he's just kind of a dick. And, you know, speak coming from a man who's also a dick himself – it can be easy for people to hate you when that's just the way you are. And I really think that's the way MJF is. So I really hope to see him come back this weekend. I hope if he does, he's in this championship match with Moxley. He beats him. And I hope he walks in the dynamite, the AEW world champion and opens that show because it's going to create interesting TV. And that's what I think AEW needs to do to stay ahead of WWE in the game because with since Triple H is taking over, WWE is starting to gain that momentum again, and we could see the only the only people that are going to win are all us fans because it's going to force both companies to be at their absolute best, and it's just going to create great, great professional wrestling, which I am very much looking forward to. Well, we're going to go now to another spectacular Detroit Tigers Minute. And then on the back end of that Detroit Tigers Minute, we will start talking about the AFC to start out this NFL season. This is Spinebuster Sports Presents, and I'm The Cake, and we will be right back with our AFC Breakdown. Welcome back to the show that clearly doesn't make any sense anymore. It's another Detroit Tigers Minute with Pound Cake, and this week we have a winning record. Yay! Open the week home with two against the Giants, lose Tuesday 3-1 where we just couldn't turn hits into runs, and then we win Wednesday 6-1 where a six-run fifth-inning catapulted us to the victory and is the most runs we've scored in a single inning all year. Then we were off to Texas to face the Rangers, and we were the ones that told Walker he had AIDS. We lose the Friday opener 7-6 as Riley Green comes a double away from finishing the cycle. Then we win Saturday and Sunday 11-2 and 9-8, taking the series behind two Candelario home runs and a combined 16 extra base hits from the guys. It seems like we were hitting our stride. Good things. Good thing we're 18 games back in the division and 28 games below 500. Seattle sails their happy asses to Detroit for three starting tonight, and then the Royals grace Detroit with their presence for three games before we start a six-game road trip Labor Day in L.A. Only one more month of this kind of constant abuse. See you next week with another great edition of the Detroit Tigers Minute.
Oh, welcome back to Spinebuster Sports Presents. Once again, I am the Cake here, and we are getting ready to break down everything AFC this season in the NFL. We're going to start it out over in the AFC East. Uh, AFC East is going to be a tough division this year. You know, the Buffalo Bills look to be primed to make a Super Bowl run this year with Josh Allen at the helm. Uh, there's a lot of hype following the Bills. Josh Allen's the top uh, money getter right now for MVP at most sports books. The Bills are the top money or have the best odds of winning the Super Bowl at more, most sports books. And uh, it's hard to say they've uh, added more firepower on offense. They added OJ Howard. Uh, they added Von Miller on defense. So it's going to be interesting. They open the season. A week from this Thursday, in L.A. against the Rams, a good friend of the show, Liz, will be at uh, that opening game with her boyfriend, Hayden. Hope they have fun. And it just gets weirder from there for them to open the season. So they go at L.A. Rams. Week two, they're versus the Tennessee Titans at home. Then they're at Miami, at Baltimore, versus Pittsburgh, and at Kansas City to open the year before they head into their bye week. It's going to be a hell of a stretch for Buffalo. Our uh, resident, Josh Allen should be taking this team to the next level. We've seen him make some great strides as a quarterback over the next couple, uh, last couple of years, especially since Ken Dorsey came in as his quarterback's coach. I believe now he's the offensive coordinator there in Buffalo. But that's not going to be without some competition from the rest of the division. The Mi the new look Miami Dolphins with Mike McDaniel's at head uh, as head coach. Tyreek Hill joins the team. They had a couple of running backs and. It's going to be interesting in Miami. We're going to find out this year, is two of the man or not? With all this firepower, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki, Tyreek Hill, uh, Raheem Mostert is on this team. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. This is the team that made, I believe, if they didn't make the playoffs last year, they came damn close to making the playoffs. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see that Mike McDaniels has always uh, done this found a way to get the ball into his playmaker's hands. So you're going to see a lot of jet sweeps out of the backfield. You're going to see a lot of end of rounds from Tyreek. Uh, you're going to see Jalen Waddle catching a hell of a lot of balls this year, just like he did last year. And it's going to be an interesting time in Miami. Uh, for Miami's schedule, they open uh, opening weekend against New England. And they have a tough first four games. They go uh, home against New England, at Baltimore, home against Buffalo, and then at Cincinnati to open the season. They also will be facing teams. They'll be home against Pittsburgh week seven. Uh, they're at San Francisco week 13. They're at uh, the Chargers week 14, at Buffalo week 15, versus Green Bay week 16, and then at New England Week 17. So that uh, stretch late in the season, I do not have them doing extremely well in that stretch. Actually, I have them losing all the games in that stretch. Uh, and it's going to be a tough year for Buffalo. Like I said, that uh, it's Week 14 through Week 17. Looks like it's going to be a rough time, but we don't really know what we're going to get out of the New England Patriots yet. You know, that's another team that we're going to start talking about right now is the Patriots. You know, Bill Belichick always has his teams ready, but like a lot of reports coming out of camp has been that Mac Jones does not 
seem very comfortable in the new offense. They've got kind of Patricia running the offense. They got uh, got everything jumbled up, and I think Belichick's trying to get these guys ready to become head coaches, maybe take over for him. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I kind of see New England added some firepower power on offense. They've got Devontae Parker uh, for Matt Jones to throw the ball to. They've got the Ramondre Stevens and uh, Damian Harris in the backfield there in New England. Um, but it's like I said, it's going to be a rough one for New England. They also start the year out kind of rough. Uh, we Like we talked about, they open at Miami. Then they're at Pittsburgh week three versus Baltimore and then at the Packers week four. So I've got them slated starting 0-4. That's a rough start to uh, Bill Belichick, uh, coach team. And it could be a rough year for the New England Patriots. I, I don't have them finishing well this year. We'll get to the records I have in this division in a minute. But we're going to move on to the New York Jets. So... The Jets should be a better team this year. Robert Saleh is a great coach, and I kind of am upset seeing him go to the Jets because the Jets have always been kind of this like shit show uh, ever since Rex Ryan left uh, years ago, and they haven't figured out a way to get it going. You know, we saw Zach Wilson get injured in the preseason. It seems like he's going to be okay. Uh, we will know soon, hopefully, if he's starting, if he'll be starting out the season or not. But uh, the only it's going to be tough in New York for both teams. If you're a Jets or a Giants fan, I do think the Jets will probably be the better team in New York, which isn't really saying much. But uh, as we look at the AFC East, I have the Dolphins ended up with a nine and eight record. I got New England finishing six and 11, the New York Jets going three and 14. And then the Buffalo Bills, the division winners, I got them finishing 13 and four. Uh, they take the division and they are the only team from the AFC East that I have making the playoffs. Uh, then we head to the AFC North. Uh, the first team I want to talk about here in the North is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, it's, you know, Big Ben's gone now. Uh, a lot of the work of the Steelers team is going to be done with Najee Harris, who I just read today has a Liz Frank injury. Hopefully he will be ready to go by the start of season as the Steelers open in Cincinnati. Uh, but what a lot of people are going to be talking about is the Pickett-Mitchell Trubisky debate. We saw Kenny Pickett come in in the preseason and look good. I believe he went 19 for 22 in his preseason debut. Uh, looked great. But I think we're going to start this year out kind of giving Mitchell Trubisky the keys. We've seen Trubisky take a really terrible offense to the playoffs before. And he's never thrown a pick six. He takes care of the ball really well. And with uh, the Steelers defense, I think that's all they're going to need with heavy doses of Najee Harris Trubisky, just taking care of the ball. And that could end up, we could see this Steelers team continue to make playoffs. You know, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing record. And I believe if I, if I believe we may see that streak continue, even though we have all these questions at quarterback, but watch out for uh, Pickett, he very well could end up being the starting quarterback at some point in time. He's a little bit more dynamic, I think, from what we've seen in the preseason. Now, it was a preseason game, so there, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. But 
he obviously he was drafted in the first round. This is their quarterback of the future. So don't be surprised that if you see Mitchell Trubisky struggle at any point this season, if Tomlin pulls the trigger and puts Pickett in there, especially if this team's wallowing around 500 with still a chance to make the playoffs, you know, maybe give them a spark. Uh, maybe get him going and don't forget about like this defensive side of the ball in Pittsburgh. It's going to keep him in games. We have the reigning um, defensive player of the year, TJ Watt back there are on this team still pressuring the quarterback. And this defense is going to keep this, the Pittsburgh Steelers in game. So it'll be interesting to see how we go the rest of the season or how we go through the season. Uh, with the quarterback situation, if this defense is keeping them uh, in every game. Next in the AFC North, we're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens. It's uh, they lost, you know, uh, Hollywood Brown on offense. We got uh, looking at Rashad Bateman to kind of pick up the slack there, but they also have a guy at tight end, Mark Andrews, who would have finished as the wide receiver three last year. So you can. It, we know this offense goes through Lamar. Lamar is going to make plays happen with his legs. Like, hopefully, this is the season, that, uh, another season since his MVP year, that he can stay healthy. And uh, they're going to lean a lot on this running game. We got J.K. Dobbins coming back from injury. We got Gus the Bus Edwards still there. I believe Mike Davis, another bus type guy, is there. And we could really see this Ravens team. Uh, Lamar, you know, didn't sign his, hasn't signed a contract yet. And he's in the last year, like he wants to get paid. He wants to be paid. Like he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. So we could really see this Ravens team kind of take off this year. If Lamar puts it all on his back and kind of goes, um, for the Ravens, they have a stretch where they go at Tampa Bay at new Orleans, right before they go into their bye week, week 10, you know, the, it's, the Ravens schedule really isn't that rough this year outside of their own division. You know, they have the games against the Steelers and uh, the Bengals, which are always going to be interesting. They also will take on Denver, the new look Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson, which we'll cover in a little bit. And as well, they will be taking on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So it should be interesting for the Ravens going on uh, this year. And then we go to the dumpster fire, the Cleveland Browns. Um, I do see the Browns doing okay to start the year. Uh, I Even though with all the distractions, all the Deshaun Watson stuff, Jacoby Brissett being the guy at the helm. I they open the they open the year at Carolina. I have them slated to win that game, but uh, that could very much change. Baker uh, being named the starting quarterback, and uh, reports came out today that Carolina just got LaVisca Chenault traded to them, which more firepower on their offense. You could see uh, Chenault lining up in the backfield with Christian McCaffrey. It's going to create some uh, interesting matchups. Uh, for them, and who knows what we may see out of Cleveland. Uh, but like I said, they have a tough stretch as well. They play at Buffalo this year. They play home against Tampa Bay. You know, uh, they're going to play New Orleans. It seems like they're playing the AFC South a lot this year, or the AFC North will be playing the AFC South this year. So 
it'll be interesting in Cleveland. Like we're like Cleveland's probably looking for next year for it to be something, but we're going to be two, almost two full years out from Deshaun Watson playing uh real football outside of the preseason when he comes back after his 11 game suspension this year. So look at what you see at the tail end of that season Browns fans. And that should be what carries you into next year. And then the last team we're going to look at at the AF, in the AFC North is the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. You know, this team is going to have a bullseye on their back. Everyone's looking at them now. They kind of snuck in last year, got hot at the right time, and ran it all the way to the Super Bowl and really uh, came pretty close from actually winning the Super Bowl as well. Um, they open the season versus Pittsburgh. Then they go at Dallas. So that's a hard, that, that'll be a rough start for them. Like I said, uh, the North is playing the AFC South this year. So they'll have Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa Bay, and New Orleans. Uh, they're also will be fa- uh, at Tennessee week 12. They'll be facing Kansas city at home week 13. And, uh, they finish the, they finish the season, Home against Buffalo and then home against the Ravens, which uh, could be rough battling it out for a playoff spot there at the end of the year. So uh, for the AFC North, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers going 9-8. and eight. Mike Tomlin keeps his uh, never having a losing season streak intact. I have the Ravens going 13-4 and four and winning this division. You know, Lamar has a lot to prove. He wants to be paid like a top quarterback, and this is the way you do it is you go out there, you win your division, put your team in the playoffs, then they have to pay you. I've got the Browns going 4-13. and 13. Uh, Two of those wins coming without Deshaun. Two of those wins coming with Deshaun after he comes back. But it's going to be a rough year in Cleveland unless uh, Nick Chubb is just the man and they feed him that rock and he just – uh, wills that team to victory. And then we got the Cincinnati Bengals. I have the Bengals kind of taking a step back, having that bullseye on their back again this year. They're going to finish 12-5, and five, I have them slated to. But they will uh, make the playoffs because of that in a wild card spot. So I've got the Ravens and the Bengals making the playoffs out of the AFC North this year. And then we're going to get into the AFC South. Uh, the AFC South has been kind of rough. You know, they've had, it, it's been the tale of uh, two halves is you have the Colts and the, t- the Tennessee Titans who have been uh, in that top of the AFC talk. You know, the Colts came a win away after losing in Jacksonville week 18 last year for making the playoffs, which was very disappointing for all the Colts fans out there. And then Tennessee was the number one seed in the AFC last year, which a lot of us forget because Cincinnati went in there and just kind of beat them up in the divisional round of the playoffs. Um, but starting with the Colts, you know, we've got Matt Ryan now at the helm. They get, they get a, in, in my eyes, a upgrade at quarterback from moving on from Carson Wentz, a guy that has done a lot in Atlanta, sometimes with a, a lot of firepower and sometimes without a lot of firepower. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I think you'll see guys like Michael Pittman Jr. take a step up because Matt Ryan's throwing him the ball. I think you'll see Jonathan Taylor have a huge year again because uh, Matt Ryan will be relieving some of that pressure that Jonathan Taylor sees because of the fact that he is very a very capable quarterback uh, and throwing the ball. Now the Colts, uh, they open at Houston, at Jacksonville, versus Kansas City, then versus Tennessee, then they go at Denver. That's their first five weeks of the season. Uh, 
those two opening games they should be able to take care of pretty well. Uh, then we go to Kansas State. It's going to be interesting seeing this Colts team taking uh, or being at home against a very what we've seen a very good Kansas City team in the past. But then throughout the rest of the year they go a stretch where they're at New England week nine, then at the Raiders week ten. They're home against the Eagles week eleven, then home against Pittsburgh, then at Dallas before they hit the bye week. It's gonna be a wicked stretch uh right there for them. But you know, this Colts team, they should be able to get it done. Uh they like I said, they were game making it out of the playoffs last year. If that if that success continues, I would assume that they this team will make the playoffs this year. But like I said, there's a lot of football to be played. And it, this division, like I said, it's, the top two are very competitive. The bottom uh, two haven't been so much the last couple of years. But it'll be interesting to see if some of these bot, if two of these bottom teams that I'm getting ready to talk about next can actually start making a step up. Uh, next, we're going to look at the Houston Texans, uh, Davis mills at quarterback. Uh, the Texans I have is one of the bottom teams in the NFL. You know, uh, could Davis mills take big strides at quarterback for the Texans? Absolutely. I tend to see it as, steps back you know they have Brandon Cooks he has been spectacular at wide receiver I believe like up to like age 28 he has more receptions uh, more receiving yards than Jerry Rice more yards uh, per catch than Randy Moss at this age and more receptions than Calvin Johnson I believe now I could be I could be wrong by saying that's something I read a while ago but uh, the Texans, it's going to be a rough go for them this year. Uh, so we're just going to move on from them. Hopefully they get their situation figured out at quarterback, probably draft one in the spring, this uh, loaded quarterback class we have coming out next year. And hopefully you start seeing the Texans start rebuilding from these decisions that their coaches and front office have made over the last five to 10 years to kind of put this team in the shitter. Uh, next we're going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, another team that, uh, had a very, very rough year last year, the whole urban Meyer debacle. They, uh, did get Trevor Lawrence. Um, his rookie season was rough, obviously being a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, but hopefully we can see them, uh, take some steps to see that they're getting better. Uh, Doug Peterson's down there now in Jacksonville working with or working with Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, hopefully we see Trevor Lawrence become this quarterback that he's been talked about for the last five years, that he was going to be the next big thing in the NFL, the next. He was going to be that next quarterback, and he's got a lot of work to do, but hopefully we see it. But, like, this is a Jacksonville Jaguars team that outside of that, I think they're probably going to be pretty rough this year again, you know. The, with the Colts and the Titans, the, the top of that division is very competitive, and you have to f- face all these teams twice. So it's going to kind of be beat up. They oh, But the Jacksonville Jaguars open at Washington, uh, which will be interesting, especially like how badly they beat up on Carson Wentz the, the final week of the season last year. Uh, but looking at their schedule, it's, you know, normal. They've got they get games home against Dallas. They're at Detroit this year. They're home against Baltimore. Uh, at Kansas City, like I said, it's going to be a rough one for those Jacksonville Jaguars. 
And then the final team of the AFC South we're going to be talking about is the Tennessee Titans. You know, the Ryan Tannehill-led Titans, Mike Vrabel, a head coach. Uh, Derrick Henry's coming back, could be looking at comeback player of the year after missing half the season last year due to an injury, not coming back to the playoffs and still kind of being rusty during that playoff run. Uh, they lose A.J. Brown. They trade him away. They draft a replacement in, I believe it's Traylon Burks, and they signed Robert Woods to a deal. So it's going to be interesting to see if Tennessee can rebound. You know, losing a guy like A.J. Brown is nothing to sneeze at. He's one hell of a talent. He's going to help the Eagles out huge, immensely uh, coming up this year. And... Uh, it's going to be interesting in Tennessee. We're uh, we're going to be able, hopefully we'll see if they can repeat again as the AFC number one seed. I personally personally don't have them doing that, uh, but they do have a, n- a nice easy opener. They're uh, home against the Giants to open a team that we'll uh, talk about next week in the NFC preview. Uh, then they go at Buffalo. Home against the Las Vegas Raiders at Indianapolis and at Washington before they hit their bye week, week six. So kind of up and down, open for the Tennessee Titans. We'll also see them facing uh, week nine. They'll be at Kansas City, followed by uh, home versus Denver. Then at Green Bay, week 11. Versus Cincinnati week 12 at Philadelphia week 13. A hell of a stretch there. And also with games against the Chargers week 15, they're going to be in L.A. for that. And then home versus Dallas week 17 before ending the season at Jacksonville. Um, but as I look at the AFC South, I think we're going to see the Colts finally take that step and win, be back to being the Kings of the AFC South again. Uh, I have them finishing with a 12 and five record. That's good enough to win the division here. I've got Houston and Jacksonville, both with three and 14 records. Um, I think either of those could uh, be approved on. I think Jacksonville probably has a little bit of a better shot. If we're looking at what Trevor Lawrence has talent wise, um, and then I have the Tennessee Titans finishing 10 and seven, barely missing the playoffs with that 10 and seven record. And the Colts win the division and become, and being the only team from this division to make the playoffs. And then finally, we're going to wrap up this AFC preview this week with the AFC West. Uh, it probably, uh, in addition to the NFC West, we're not with Seattle anymore so much, but like this has the lookings of being the most competitive division in football. We have a Kansas City Chiefs team that uh, lost Tyree Kill, one of their biggest playmakers on offense, so, but they replaced him with guys like Marcus Val- or uh, Valdez Scantling. Juju Smith-Schuster, they always have Travis Kelsey. They added Ronald Jones in the backfield to kind of take the pre- or help out Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But uh, they open the season with a very, very, very tough schedule. Uh, Kansas City goes at Arizona to open week one. Then they're home against the Chargers. They're at Indianapolis, at Tampa Bay, home against the Raiders, home against Buffalo at San Francisco before they slide in that bye week, week eight. And that is going to be a hell of a schedule to start out with. I actually have them slated for that uh, stretch going one in five to start out the year before hitting the bye week and 
you know, once they hit the bye week, I think Andy Reid's going to get them, you know, get this team refocused, ready to go. Uh, and they will be taking on the LA Rams week 12 at home. They're going to have games at Cincinnati. Obviously, they're uh, division games, which are going to be very tough ones this year. And they're going to end at the Raiders. Um, I think. You know, Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be interesting how they integrate these new pieces of the offense. We got a guy from, you know, here in Kalamazoo, Sky Moore, who joined this offense. Travis Kelsey, he's kind of a dark horse of mine that could uh, see some MVP love this season because he's going to be catching a ton of balls. I see Kelsey uh, challenging Mark Andrews there again as the tight end one, putting up maybe perhaps a wide receiver, like, number one wide receiver numbers, like being the best wide receiver in fantasy football this year. Uh, But it's going to be interesting if Andy, hopefully that defense can still, you know, keep it together. And that offense still has enough firepower to carry this team. Uh, Next, we're going to talk about a team. The next two teams we're going to talk about, I'm very excited for first. We're going to talk about the Los Angeles chargers, a team that, you know, when they were in San Diego, didn't have a whole lot of fan support, even moving to LA, they couldn't find a whole lot of fan support, but they got themselves a franchise quarterback with the boy, Justin Herbert. Um, they got themselves a hell of a defense. They got themselves a hell of an offense. Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams just signing that big deal, uh, getting paid. This is a team that is on the rise and could take those steps to be the next dominant team in the AFC West. So uh, looking at the Chargers, they're going to open up against the Raiders week one. Then they go at Kansas City. They're home against Jacksonville at Houston at Cleveland versus Denver before they go versus Seattle. Their harder, hard uh, stretch of games are going to come on the back end of their bye week, which is also week eight for this Chargers team. And then starting week 10, they're going to go at San Francisco versus Kansas City uh, at Arizona at the Raiders, home against Miami, home against Tennessee, at Indianapolis, home against the L.A. Rams, at Denver. What a hell of a way for them to close out that year. And I see a lot of ups and downs during the end, but I do think this team is going to be good enough to get over the hump, which they couldn't do last year, and finally make the playoffs. And that goes in tow with my uh, the next team we're going to talk about, the Las Vegas Raiders, probably like – preseason one of the most exciting teams a lot of people are talking about you know uh Derek Carr doesn't have any more excuses anymore he's got the the wide receiver he wants in Devontae Adams they have a second wide receiver in Hunter Renfro they have Darren Waller I see Josh Jacobs having a very big year with some pressure being taken off him um it's gonna be interesting they uh they open, like we just said, at the Chargers, then versus Arizona, at Tennessee, versus Denver, at Kansas City before they hit their week six bye week. Um, like we said, you know, uh, Josh McDaniels is the new head coach there. Uh, the last time he went and coached a team, he uh, or was the head coach of a team, was the Denver Broncos. He drafted Tim Tebow. It'll be interesting to see what the Raiders build off all these new toys they got. Having Devontae Adams, who is quite possibly the best wide receiver in the game right now, pound for pound. And uh, I see big things for this Raiders team this year. They should make the playoffs even with a new head coach and Josh McDaniels taking over. Uh, They have a rough stretch of the season to end the year. 
They go week 13 versus the Chargers. Then they go week 14 at uh, Los Angeles Rams. Week 15, home against the Patriots. Week 16 at Pittsburgh. Week 17, home against San Francisco. And then they end the year home against Kansas City. Uh, There's a lot of hype behind this Raiders team. It's going to be interesting as we see the season go on if they can live up to all that hype. Um, but before we finish up our AFC preview, we're going to talk about one last team and probably one of the more interesting teams to talk about this season. It's the Denver Broncos. You know, uh, they got their quarterback that they've been looking for in Russell Wilson. He should be giving guys like Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton a big boost. The Broncos have kind of held their hat uh, uh, defensively. Uh, in recent years, having a very stout defense uh, to play with this offense. And I just don't know if uh, Russell is going to be enough to get this team over the hump. Like I said, the AFC is a very, AFC West is a very, very competitive uh, division. The Broncos do open at Seattle, which will be a very interesting game. It's the first Monday night football game of the season. Uh, Getting Russ right back there uh, in or back at in Seattle. It'll be interesting to see if that crowd is there deafening as they always are. And this team has a really rough end of the year. Week 13, they're at Baltimore. Then they go home to Kansas city week 15. They're home against Arizona week 16. They're at the LA Rams week 17. They are at the Kansas city chiefs. And then they end the season against the chargers. But when we look at the AFC West as a whole this season, I have the Raiders and the Chargers both finishing with 12 and 5 records. The Raiders getting the nod in the division since I believe I have them slated to sweep the Chargers this year. Uh, the Chargers get in on a wild card with that 12 and 5 record. And I have the Kansas City Chiefs just barely inching out the Tennessee Titans to get in uh, as a wild card with a 10 and 7 record. We are going to dive in after this break to some. Uh, we're going to talk more about the AFC playoff teams I have. We're going to go through the AFC playoff bracket uh, right now in August. I'm going to give you my Super Bowl pick for the AFC, and then I'm going to have a couple of bold predictions before we wrap this show up and end it. Once again, this is Spinebuster Sports Presents, and this is our AFC season preview. We will be right back after this short message. Skyman Premium Cannabis. When your day's got you down and you feel like nada, go to Skyman Premium Cannabis and get a big bag of ganja. We're brought to you by SkyMint Premium Cannabis of Portage, Michigan. If life has you down and you feel like you're in last, go to SkyMint Premium Cannabis. They'll get you higher than a pterodactyl's ass. <laughs> SkyMint <laughs> Premium Cannabis of Portage. That's right. SkyMint Premium Cannabis of Portage is the official sponsor and supplier of The Feast by Spinebuster Sports. Whether you're looking for some chocolate parfait number five, some Bing Bing OG, some Fatso, or some Slurricane, you can find it at Skymint Premium Cannabis of Portage. 
when life has you down and you don't want to front, go to Sky Mint Premium Cannabis. Pick yourself up a blunt. <laughs> Sky Mint Premium Cannabis. Portage, Portage, Michigan. Clearly, the guys love Sky Mint, and you can too. Whether it's pre rolls, flour, gummies, wax, or anything in between. Go to SkyMint Portage and mention that you listen to The Feast to receive 10% off your order. Offer cannot be stackable with other discounts. Offer only available to those 21 years or older can offer only available at SkyMint Premium Cannabis of Portage, Michigan. And make sure to tell them that you were sent by The Feast by Spinebuster Sports. Yes, we want to thank Sky Mint Premium Cannabis once again for sponsoring The Feast. Um, continue to go to Sky Mint. Uh, they are still sponsoring the show. You can receive 10% off by mentioning that you listen to The Feast. Uh, the offer is not stackable with other discounts, as we said in the promo, but the great people at Sky Mint Premium Cannabis would love to take care of you, and they do have some spectacular products, that, if I do say so myself. Well, before we put a big bow on the end of this episode and finish this off for today, we're going to talk about our AFC playoff teams. The teams that I have slated to make the playoffs in the AFC, we went over. We got division winners, the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Las Vegas Raiders. I have the Bills getting the bye in the first round. So our AFC matchups I would have in the first round of the playoffs would be Baltimore versus Kansas City, Indianapolis versus the Chargers, and then the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Cincinnati Bengals. In those, I have Cincinnati getting over the Raiders as, you know, they have the playoff experience. They've been in this position before. Um, I just think once you get to the playoffs, that kind of stuff, those intangibles kind of carry you further. So I have the Cincinnati Bengals taking out the Raiders in the first round. Then uh, Indianapolis versus the Chargers, same thing here. You know, we've got a very uh, veteran quarterback in Matt Ryan going up against the new kid in town, Justin Herbert. I think the Colts are going to get past him. And um, like I said, that veteran uh, team, that veteran mindset, especially for the leader of your team, I think that's going to be the difference maker in a lot of these games. And then uh, Baltimore, Kansas City. Uh, this is going to be a hell of a game, I think, if it ends up going down this way. I've, I have Kansas City getting past Baltimore. They have so much experience in the playoffs. You know, uh, Baltimore has kind of come up short a couple times. I think you're going to see that happen again here. I think Andy Reid just figures it out, gets it done. So that'll take us to the divisional round where I have Buffalo facing off Kansas City. I think Buffalo finally, they they get Kansas City at home this time. I think Buffalo gets over that hump, beats Kansas City, punches their ticket for the AFC Championship, and they would take on the Cincinnati Bengals repeating to go to the AFC Championship again, uh, defeating the Indianapolis Colts in the divisional round. And I think Joe Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Mixon, the, like these players are, are going to will this team right back in the position that they were in last year until they go up against Buffalo in the AFC Championship game. That's when our... Ah, on a will show how 
much of an MVP he is. He is going to take this Buffalo Bills team, take them to the Super Bowl, and you're going to have to tune in next week if you, if uh, to find out if I think Josh Allen will be winning the Super Bowl this year. Oh, so that's our AFC pick. My AFC Super Bowl pick is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh Allen and are taking the Bills all the way to the Super Bowl. And uh, before we wrap up this episode, like I said, uh, we're gonna do. I'm gonna do a couple bold predictions. So this doesn't. These things don't necessarily go in line with what we did in our preview, but these are things that I even though they're a little crazy, I think could possibly happen this year when it comes to a- the AFC teams. My first bold prediction is uh, Jonathan Taylor will win the MVP of the league. The reason I think this is such a bold prediction, even though he was in the MVP running last year, is, well, firstly, his odds on FanDuel Sportsbook are plus 6,000. Uh, I couldn't even tell you how many that was because I had to scroll for so long to get to his name. But this would also be the first time since 2012 that a non-quarterback has won the MVP and only the it would be the fourth time in the last 20 years it has happened. And when a quarterback doesn't win the MVP, generally it is a running back. We've had guys like Sean Alexander in 05, LaDainian Tomlinson in 06, and like I said, Adrian Peterson in 2012. And that does it for the last 20 years of the MVP race. Uh, I just think that you're going to see with Matt Ryan in Indianapolis to open it up for Jonathan Taylor. He's going to be better than he's been years prior. And he's just going to put up big numbers for this team. It's going to be interesting just as long as he can stay healthy, as long as Matt Ryan can stay healthy, because I think he is going to need Matt Ryan there to get over the hump to win this MVP if it's going to happen. And then uh, my other bold prediction will be that all the teams from the AFC West will make the playoffs. With three wild cards now, you know, these teams beating up on each other and beating up on some other, beating up on the rest of the teams in the AFC, I think it is possible, although very, very unlikely, that every single team from the AFC West makes the playoffs now that Russell Wilson is a Denver Bronco. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed our new tooled podcast, uh, Spinebuster Sports Presents. Like I said, uh, keep checking back for updates. I will be doing some more pro wrestling stuff in the future. Uh, we will be checking in on the uh, with the NFL every Tuesday here on Spinebuster Sports Prevent, so keep checking back for that. We'll be back next Tuesday with our NFC preview. Do, do the same thing we did today. I'll hit you with some of the pro wrestling stuff for what happens over this Labor Day weekend. And... Uh, like I said, we'll be back. You know, um, I know this is a little different than what you've gotten used to over the last year, but hopefully you find it enjoyable. Hopefully you join us, join me every week back here at Spinebuster Sports Presents. And uh, keep an eye out on our Facebook page. Keep an eye out on our YouTube page. I'm going to be making a lot more videos. I'm going to be posting a lot of videos when it comes to my um outlook on pro wrestling, my outlook on the NFL, uh, and keep a lookout for 
a very, very, very special, special podcast that I'm very excited to start doing. Um, Dry Bartender. Uh, Dry Bartender is going to be a podcast that I will start here in the very near future. It's going to be a helping podcast. Um, you know, it, I, I, ever since I quit drinking six years ago, I've, I've been trying to find a way since I came to, uh, this piece that I have with my drinking to help other people. And I know it seems kind of weird cause we're sponsored by Sky Mint and we all know how, uh, my use of marijuana, but, uh, I just, I, you know, there are going to be people out there that just need help. You know, I, I see it every day. People that want to quit, people that want to talk to me about how to quit. And that's what dry bartender is going to be. Uh, the, I'm going to, you know, go through my battles with, uh, alcohol addiction. Hopefully you can take, uh, some, lessons from that. And, uh, if you're having issues, put them in your own life. Or if you know somebody that has issues, have them come over, give me a listen here in the next couple weeks and try it out. We're going to hopefully do some interviews with some very cool people that have battled addiction themselves. We're going to give you some of our own tips on, uh, how we succeeded so far, you know, cause there's no absolute success when it comes to addiction. It's taking things day by day. And, uh, like I said, hopefully just help people. That's what I'm looking to do. So this is the cake and this has been Spinebuster Sports Presents. I hope you join us back here next week for the NFC uh, season preview. And we'll be talking to you soon and get out there and Spinebuster life. Thanks guys. Find Spinebuster Sports on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter at SpinebusterSPO1. And don't forget, always check out shop.spinebustersports.com for the new merchandise that we're adding weekly. This has been Spinebuster Sports Presents, and I'm The Cake, and we'll check you out next week. Thanks, everybody.